Welcome to the Poma Podcast. This talk is going to be on uh, catharsis. So catharsis, we got the term from Aristotle, um, and it was in description of this purging activity and to, to um, get rid of the, uh, the the negative emotion and the pent upness from the uh, tragic experience in in theatrics. So the development of it and its continuation started kind of around that vein, but Aristotle used the word without defining the word. So it's been hard to nail down to just one little specific automatic meaning. Um, people may have a sense of catharsis in a, in a general meaning, that kind of emotional payoff. But the reason I wanted to talk about it is that that cathartic um, event and um, the process of catharsis as it takes place in our lives can be transformative. And so uh, catharsis can be also a shared experience. So when we look at it in that way, um, I wanted to stop to it in, in the context of what's going on now that we're seeing and maybe when we try to observe behaviors that we don't necessarily understand, um, there's actually a cathartic root, and uh, and I want to kind of get into that. So that's, that's the context on the wrap on this show, and I wanted to uh, to contextualize that a little bit, just because it's not a talked about. We don't really talk about catharsis and how we go through it as part of our natural. Um, our natural conversations with people and how we're raised, and uh, and it doesn't really come up a lot, even though it's it's very important to us. Sorry for the jump and cut there. Um, I was just having a little bit of a, a hard time with my throat. So, when we're talking today, I wanna um, focus on where that relationship and the event and how it takes place. Um, how it's been expressing itself in some of our um, political theater that we may observe. Um, so let's go back to the root. Right, so you've got um, this broad concept that comes from the artistic world, and you've got these uh, very impressive tragedies, and these uh, very long plays are pretty much, you know, the the height of what the social event of the the day week month year is going to be these things are um phenomenal they, these are blockbuster events uh, for their time right they have massive social influence uh, because you can use in some of the playwrights of the time they often would use um, political illusion and metaphor in order to translate these uh, very real concepts and issues within their own times and um, they would try to sorry I'm just gonna pause again all right so they're making all these wonderful social commentary they're trying to get reform sometimes it's um, praise or uh, adoration for the the the, the re regents and, and stuff like that so you've got this very powerful tool and it's um, it's very connected into 
their fabric. So the nature of that experience and the group nature of that event can have this sort of massive uh, emotional payoff and this, this release. And if you felt it, um, then you know what I'm talking about uh, right away without really needing the, the, the descriptions of it. You've felt that kind of payoff. And our dramatists of today still continue to use that technique. You know, it's why in certain movies, um, completely fictional characters and the events of their lives will evoke these massive responses of tear and or, you know, strange laughter or, or that relief if, that they're okay if, if uh, they're able to build the suspense to that part. It's, it's pretty hard modern desensitized audience to get that cathartic payoff but um you have that trend so really you know we're talking um, three thousand years right um we've been using catharsis as a tool um within our social construct and it got to the point at where you had you know theater we're talking middle ages early renaissance times and because of its powerful tool as a social commentary uh, the lords of the land began censoring um, playwrights in order to avoid creating this catharsis they didn't want the plays to have that anymore they you know that just come watch your event and leave they didn't really want there to be some kind of uh, growth or some kind of payoff because you'd have you could have a social catharsis at an event and cause a riot because it could reveal the inner truth of the oppression of the Lord and, and it could reveal itself through that dramatic expression and tip off a riot or a revolution I mean so frequently throughout our history these not necessarily these plays in specific, but these uh, emotional events and climaxes are the trigger points for massive change. And that's the element that I wanted to kind of get to, to explain a bit of what um, we're seeing in this very... Um, large growth in the cult of personality cycle um, and I want to relate catharsis to two concepts which are asynchronous from their um, their natural state and I want to talk about partisan political rallies and megachurches as being uh, components of uh, this cathartic exploitation because it's because we don't talk about it and we don't learn to master it or understand its social function and its, uh, um, you know, the psychological components to it, and we don't really appreciate its impact on our lives, it allows others to use that ex um, really to exploit us. It's a cathartic exploitation because that that payoff, that uh, relief, or even the the drained battery feeling of like because that pent-upness that's the that's the key piece that is required for there to be a cathartic experience is there has to be something held back 
there has to be something contained that needs to have that big release and that transformative experience. So when you talk in terms of catharsis, it was, you know, related to this purging and, you know, from a ancient medical perspective, catharsis was tied um, towards the menstrual, menstrual cycle because it was seen as a, as a form of purging, right? So, I mean, that's why I'm saying this word has a really strange sense of meaning over the passage of time. But again, I want to contextualize it back towards these events. So these giant rallies and these giant events, because you have this other massive crowd, right, with you, and you have these um, uh, these points that can be a clear direction of focus to draw that in. And it is that the event serves as that form of catharsis for the people there because you, you get whatever you've been holding inside you, you kind of, you're liberated by the nature of the event. You can become ecstatic or you can become, uh, you know, chanting. You can feel that. And there's a value in doing it. And, you know, most civil disobedience ultimately comes from some effort to get that catharsis. And the danger for social progress and social protest is often that the protest serves as the catharsis, people get it out of their system, then they go back to just continuing whatever the sets and, you know, all of the components. There's, there isn't really that energy that causes a significant change. It's that the cathartic event and the, the letting it out serves as the event itself, and that and that therefore satisfies us because we we get that ah oh, you know that oh that relief you feel kind of better or uh, you know maybe it's just um, you know like a sad movie ending and it's just like bawling for minutes on end because it's not you know it's not about the dog made it home at the end of the movie and that's nice and all but you know that's not really why you were crying for seven minutes straight. It's because you had all this pent-up stuff and this perfect ending and scenario gave you that excuse for that cathartic experience, gave your brain the ability to, to kind of go, okay, you've held on to this for too long. And that's, that's a very neat trick of our humanity because catharsis, only exists because of that, you know, contained turmoil. If we were doing fine and we were all, you know, firing at 100% and working, then we wouldn't need catharsis and it wouldn't have an impact and a value upon us because we'd be in a, in a whatever, in a place of some kind of harmony or ignorance that it would not weigh upon us. So, the, these events, and, um, and I'm not trying to single them out, I'm just trying to explain those two events as being slightly anomalous because they're um, traditionally in a theocratic model has been uh, an intimacy um, that is smaller, that's required, even though you have the, the mass and the cathedral and the, the 
uh, the appeal towards the masses as a whole, the um, the mega church um, component of it um, that really relies and preys upon that that um, that cathartic experience, and that the the people have such turmoil inside that you can regularly have that cathartic experience because the situational environment doesn't change. And so the catharsis inadvertently, while able to be transformative, can also be a form of like self-medication, almost. So, and again, that's why we kind of see it in this part of partisan political rally you get to get together with a bunch of people who are you know sharing the same kind of ecosystem the complaints are similar and by you know getting together and either sharing those complaints uh, or by being you know rallied towards some um, towards some person or some cause you get that cathartic payoff from the either the, the you know, it, it's, it seems to be a little more rage-filled than I'd like, but um, ultimately they, uh, they're they doing this because there is such that sense of inner turmoil, and we don't have tools, right? And it's not, even though we have these massive um, events and big... Um, spectacles still in our lives, the construction of them doesn't necessarily work to try and create that same um, cathartic payoff and try to just make it happen for us. The way we uh, we experience things and, and media now, it has not required us to explore that. The catharsis is... Um, accidental more often than not and that's another reason I kind of wanted to talk to it is um, if you're it can have vast therapeutic benefits and you know you've got Brewer who um, was a, a psychologist and contemporary of Freud and Freud kind of borrowed some of his ideas too and so he thought hey you know what we have this cathartic um, capacity how about tie it to hypnosis and repress trauma and we're going to help people work through it by having, by getting, even if it's under a hypnotic environment, you can go through and express that and uh, relive in a sense that trauma without necessarily having to face the same social harms, but the act of going through it provides that catharsis and, you know, let's out some of that pent-up um, uh, psychological torment. So, you know, catharsis can be a, a, a component in PTSD strategies, and it can be a component in, in a number of other um, psychological and therapeutic methods. And, you know, that has value, and there are people who uh, train in ways to try to steer and nudge people towards a, a healthier catharsis and that's that's the challenge again that we had to you know um, to focus on and again why I wanted to highlight those two examples the the concept um, that I'm in the two 
is the exact same as the catharsis of having, <clears throat> sorry, a um, sporting franchise accomplish something fantastic and and that that payoff and that win. Um, you know, the the catharsis that must have been experienced for some of the sports fans after, you know, 50 year or longer um, droughts of, uh, of, of sports championships and then to get one. And especially if you had, you know, if you'd managed to get tickets to that game winning game and you were a fan, that, that payoff, uh, that, that would have been huge for those people um and, and that's the danger so you you've got healthy catharsis that i was just kind of talking about where you're, you're using as a therapeutic tool but um when we live our lives we're usually not living under therapeutic observation we're usually not um using any form of self-analysis so when we have a cathartic experience it can also like kind of it's such a, a a peak and and the payoff uh, right after it's either really draining or really elevating um, from an emotional and, and mental point of view so you may after the catharsis you know long for the trauma that brought you the catharsis because it was the only thing that led towards the payoff and you know we can see this in certain forms of um self-reinforcing uh, abusive relationships you know like a, an abusive codependency um and because without those cathartic moments you know uh, where maybe the other person routinely apologizes and they're believed that it won't happen again like those so just those repeated tropes and cycles that that, that go on in in the, the, these horrible relationships um, the the reason sometimes that they're still bound together is that these people are the only sources of catharsis for the other and it's it's sad and it's horrible but we can in, inadvertently you know wire ourselves to um, have the negative buildup so that we can have this kind of payoff and you know we can you, you can associate that or you can sort of see this logic if you're talking in terms of say certain forms of anger management without um, any type of interventionist method if it's just solely um, in the rage rooms, right? So, yes, it may be positive for there to be a space where violence does not um, have an impact on another human being to cause um, the harm. But without some kind of secondary intervention to whatever the heck is leading up to requiring violent catharsis in order to you know, achieve some kind of relief, then um, that's not good. You're going to reinforce, right? So the catharsis, and I, if, if you were listening before, sometimes I was talking about the dopamine uh, reactors and how we kind of program ourselves a lot with dopamine and with uh, other neurochemical impulses. So how 
we respond to things and how we're triggered and how the behavior goes will reinforce that kind of payoff. So we may inadvertently or intentionally um, expose ourselves again to all those negative um, aspects that brought um, us to the point where catharsis is um, is able to happen. And you need to have a significant amount of something pent up for the catharsis to have any value. If you, um, you know, at a comparative scale, if the catharsis is related to the whole of your entire world's traumas being, you know, stubbing a toe one time, then the catharsis from paying that off is going to be fairly small. But if it is, a, you know, a life of constant turmoil or um, challenge, then yeah, that, that payoff is going to be huge. It's going to really have an effect. You're going to feel that more than anything else. But because we don't have any training in this, we don't uh, have defenses against the, um, the path that can lead us there. And how, like in the earlier example, how the dramatists have been for thousands of years able to construct storylines and events and, uh, and uh, the, 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 you know, depth of, of character and experience in these kinds of uh, artistic expressions that we are able to have this social payoff. And, you know, if not for catharsis, the arts may very well have been doomed at various points in time because the trend for artistic minded people to also embark upon some form of social or political criticism in their art forms lends them vulnerable to an inordinate amount of state and or you know military style repression or action so you know that's that it hasn't necessarily been a healthy occupation over time to be a dramatist um, you may be the, uh, the, the the legend of your time, and your plays may be uh, retained uh, all the way through to our time now. But um, you know, a, a pretty good chance where you caused the wrong kind of catharsis, um, or if the Lord happens to be watching the theater, where the cathartic moment seems to cause everybody revelation and realizing how much of a stinking asshole that Lord is then, um, you know, life may not be too long for that playwright, even if life may not be too long for that lord. So, you know, the the revolutionary capacities and concepts of catharsis have, um, have had that trigger point, again, because there's the unrepressed and unresolved, uh, or sorry, there is the repressed and, and unresolved. It's unrepressed, then, you know, you're fine. It's what I want to focus on, though, is using, recognizing it, just building a tool set to recognize the cathartic payoff and how it's triggering, and then it can be used as a tool to go, okay, you know what, <clears throat> I just had this great little event, what was in it, and, and you can measure it, right, so if you really start needing to have that 
you know, sappy ending. And you can use this as tools. So like I wanted to mention before, we have lots of uh, experience, thousands of years of it. Dramatists have been evoking catharsis. You can build yourself a catharsis playlist. And you can use both music, um, theater, song, whatever thing um, serves your purpose. But you need to be using it somewhat intentionally for the purpose of change. It, um, sometimes, I mean, <clears throat> feel free to use it in a whatever gets you through the day kind of philosophy too. There is equal value in that. Uh, most people do not have the capacities to fight get, fight back against the kind of uh, toils and dynamics that uh, impact upon their lives. They, um, there's, it's, there's, there's, the game is just too rigged, right? So uh, it's it's not it's, it's not a judgment to say that there is value in seeking that catharsis and. Even by highlighting two anomalous examples, I was only talking about them being anomalous for the nature of their own designs, um, not that the behavior itself is anomalous, right? Because you don't go to a political rally um, and political engage, the subject matter of political engagement should be governance and, you know, some kind of, of action or some kind of defiance of action. But we have, right, it's just this real stoking up of that emotion in order to get to that catharsis and to, to or to the, for the event itself to serve as that catharsis and that by reinforcing the value of that. And that's why you can have otherwise very rational and normal people that you'd, you know, deal with perfectly normally on any given day. And then all of a sudden you like find out, oh, well, yeah. And then they went and did this, you know, thing with 8,000 people that was totally absurd and crazy. And you're like, what? Really? You? I didn't think you were like that at all. And it's not necessarily that people are like that. It's Again, it's how we train ourselves and train our minds. Where we have our rewards and where we have our payoffs and where we have our tragedies, and where we have our torments, those things are going to shape us. Right? Catharsis is one of the tools that can help us get around the bend if we use it more effectively. So if you're building yourself this intentional playlist, right? like I've got some songs that can instantly get me towards happy. I've got some songs that are going to instantly get me towards, you know, um, <clears throat> just a big kind of emotional let out. They're usually like ballads and, and songs with, with, with storylines, um, impressive, um, you know, again, tragedy usually is, is, is the storyline in those kinds of things to get that cathartic payoff because, um, it, it works well, right? Um, we can we can I, we can self-identify with that. Um, even the most um, perfect lives, as observed from an outside, are still filled with individual tragedy, and that's why we see people who have um, access to almost everything when they use social media. 
they blunder so so amazingly um, because they still have in their own mind a scale of tragedy that is their entire world right but because the level of their suffering generally is so much lower um, and so disproportionate to where the general populace and where those who really suffer are at, then you have a, a, a really, uh, it looks like they're not in any way self-aware. And that can also be quite true, but it, it stands out in contrast. Right? And it can, I mean, it can be a, it can be a trigger for a kind of catharsis as well. Uh, but usually the kind of, because again, it's how the reward centers are built. So if you, you know, and this is the danger that I find is that by focusing on uh, people rather than having uh, a, a real debate on concrete directions or issues of like, okay, how do we want to address problem A. Not just like, is there a problem, or the people who are talking about it are assholes, or the people who are not talking about it are assholes, right? It's like, what? Okay, but, you know, like, every day we go by, just like shouting at each other, is another day where nothing happens. And so we're programming ourselves for this catharsis of anger, and that, that, um, and that's why I was saying that, you know, if you look at it and the trend, catharsis can be good for dealing with trauma and sadness and tragedy and because uh, and you get that relief in a safe medium and hopefully in a crowd where you're unlikely to spiral towards, you know, some, you know, really sad or, or dangerous event because there's at least a couple of people looking at that, right? You want to you wanna be careful about having, you know, a massive um, tragic catharsis alone because you don't want to stimulate behaviors of further isolation if you know loneliness is the source of uh, of the tragic energy and the catharsis right so um, if you can build that tool and you can build those um, those constructions that at least allow you to understand like um, may you know somebody should make an app for it quite frankly that you know you, you just like oh click the button every time you think you had a cathartic experience you know that that would actually be a very telling um trend analysis and I, i'm not sure we, people would actually bother doing it um, <clears throat> ironically the use of a catharsis tracking app probably wouldn't have very much catharsis involved it would be quite um quite bland to, to see that uh, but it, quite interesting if you, if you like the kind of data. Um, so that's the suggestion is, you know, build your cathartic toolbox so that you have an immunity from other people trying to address it. Because if you don't care, if you don't carry that pent up um, feeling or if you have an outlet for it at a more frequent interval, that provides a source of, of relief that can make you move forward or, or address it, then other people don't have the ability to use that catharsis against you or program um, their um, their advertising strategies or their political um, campaigning, right? And 
you know, just as a bring it back to the real world for a second, this whole Brexit thing as an external observer watching a generation that spent its entire time benefiting from the peace that was created after the Second World War and the union and common cause of like the European experiment as a as a social design has hiccups absolutely but the idea that it's a threat to you know British sovereignty when they're probably one of the most significant power blocks in the EU was it's absurd as an external person but what it is is Brexit became the catharsis for a broad range of social ills which include a you know a left-leaning social growth that has involved things like civil rights and you know treating people like generally human beings uh, you know if you're part of an entitled class that doesn't necessarily go well you want there to be an underclass you feel good because you're on top right so that catharsis you know is not helped as the masses situation is ameliorated so you know um, you want to be wary of people using that emotional payoff against you and uh, and 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 lulling you into a passivity so it's um uh, this I, I i don't know if it was a pretty rambling uh, it doesn't serve as catharsis for me uh, but it does broadly get to um the social phenomenon that catharsis is being um almost weaponized in some senses uh, because it has been around for so long but we don't really use it in our um, in our common understanding and how we and how we we raise our we don't raise our kids and talk about catharsis. I mean, I don't remember a single conversation ever, or even really addressing. Even though I can remember lots of events that were cathartic, both in you know the family unit and broadly just as an individual being part of groups, and it it never came up. No one ever talked about it. It wasn't something that we talked about. It's a strain. It's almost, it's that embedded. It's like breathing. It happens, but we never think about it. So I encourage you, like the benefits of meditating and capturing uh, an understanding of how you breathe, there's a value in capturing um, your catharsis and regulating it a little bit if you can. So I hope this talk uh, helped encourage at least a bit of uh, understanding of the value of it and how it, its role is, is shaping some of our social phenomena. Uh, so this has been the Pomacod podcast on catharsis. If uh, you'd like to lend a, a hand, there is a GoFundMe to search uh, Better Policies for a Better World. All right. Thanks.